This is the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, a CFCP production with Mike and Laurent. And we are off. Mike, what a weekend. Holy shit. Of so pure, much to so little time to do it. Of pure joy. But uh, so I did this preamble on another thing, but I wanted to, if people don't follow the other feeds of my feed, this feed, we're recording lots of things everywhere. But one of the things that was so great about this weekend was other teams that I hate losing. <laughs> there is nothing. And I don't know if there's something wrong. There's definitely something wrong with me. I think I enjoy other teams losing more than my team winning. For me, when City wins, it's a relief. I don't have to feel terrible for the day. I don't have to feel sad. They're supposed to win, and they win. Plus, it's my personality. I have a very uh, uh, Eastern European, we're all doomed. If, I, if, if my friends can have twice what I have, I say chop off my foot because, you know, God forbid anyone do better than me. You're not better than me. I have a very Boston Sully. You're not better than me. You know, fuck you. What are you doing? You're not better than me. So I really enjoy when other teams lose. And I have like a whole routine. When, when Arsenal have a really, really bad result, I go directly to Arsenal Fan TV. I wait for I – I get the emotion of Claude and DT, and then I get the reasoned uh, accountant response of Mo, which I enjoy. Uh, and then I've started doing this. When Liverpool lose, I go to Redmen TV so I can get the sing-songy Scouse hell. The thing that's nice about the Scouse is they have a very good gallows humor, so they make fun of themselves, uh, which was good, which is good about the Scousers. But fuck them still. They should all uh, get more COVID like they did in the Atletico game. And then new on my list, I used to watch uh, Red Devils TV after United lost for uh, Adam McCola, who I'm not sure. Somehow he's from Birmingham, which is a different accent. He's not from Manchester. He's not English. He's Indian, I think, or so South Asian, but his name is McCola, which is kind of Irish looking, but it's with a K. So it's a weird name. He's very good. He gets very upset, which I enjoy. And then again, this is really where I'm at. Like, I really truly enjoy seeing other teams lose and i wondered mike does spurs have a schadenfreude death channel i can watch not really they've got this guy expressions who sucks uh chris oh, Callum, that's, the, that's actually, the black guy right that's the black yeah, guy yeah, yeah, his yeah. voice yeah, he's just he's whatever um chris callan who actually is a friend of mine um for, i met him down here in florida and i and met up with him a few times when I was over there. He's like the Spurs YouTuber guy. He doesn't yeah. have the reactions. I mean, he does. He does everything. But um, I, I think that the, the Scheidenfreude for Spurs would be anybody, and it's not unique to Spurs at all. It's anybody who pulls out their phone and is like, like doesn't react when a goal goes in, but hits play on their, on their <laughs> phone, and then they freak out. The thing is, though, it needs to be English. And it needs to be a real fan. Like, yeah, it like can't we don't be American. Yeah. We don't like, have I even, a, um, I even, I even follow West Ham's because it's incredible. They're just oh, like, I can't imagine. They're dying inside and it has thick East London accents that are just precious. They're basically soccer hooligan murderers who are now in their 40s and would love to go fight and kill someone, but they know that it would hurt their hands and they have to go to work. Yeah. So right. That, I don't know. I don't. I wonder. I wonder if that's everyone's feeling of like, is this is this normal? Do this is this what all sports fans do? Yes. I think there's people who are optimistic though, and I hate them. 
I'm going to, well, there, of course there are, but I think that 20 years ago, this was, first of all, this was everything all the time. And I grew up going to Yankee stadium, the, the shirts outside said I root for two teams who's who the Yankees and who the, who the Red Sox are playing that night. Yeah, I've got that a was a minority. Story. That was a minority. That was only oh, I think in the Bronx in the old place. That was, I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you another story real quick. Game seven, 2003 ALCS. Aaron Boone hits the walk-off home run against the Red Sox. I'm, I don't know, 15, 16. I lose my fucking mind. I run up. I wake up my little brother who's asleep. I go running out into the middle of the street on Long Island. Pots and pans, screaming my head off. And I come back inside and I come back down to my dad who's sitting in his, in his guinea chair with his feet up with the Red Sox post-game show on. And they're all ready to <laughs> fucking kill themselves. That is, to this day, my favorite sports memory with my father. That's He's legendary. sitting there That's watching, so great. watching the North, New, what, Northeastern Sports Network. Nesson. Yeah. And he's sitting there just going. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, man, let's, let's, get so, no, this, let's get into the week. Let's get into the week because we're short on time and yes. there were incredible fucking games. So, so many uh, you, you kick it off. You hit up. You hit your team, which are on fire. United won. Spurs Six. Touchdown Go. Tottenham. We couldn't believe it. We were talking on Saturday or Sunday, I should say. And, and the thing you got to understand is that, yes, there was a controversial red card. Yes, Lamella is a thunder cunt. And yes, I love him for it. But that's not the story here because it was still two to one when that was happening. And Spurs were knocking on the door for a third well before, you know, the, the wheels fell off. They were already getting pretty wobbly on Oli's cart there. So um, it was it was wild. It was a crazy sending off. And it did. It, but it didn't change the game is my point, right? Harry Kane changed the game again. It was 1-1, he gets fouled, and he's got the awareness. Now, if you look at Harry Kane, there's one thing you probably don't think he has, and it's awareness, and you're wrong. He gets fouled, and he has a the wherewithal to take a quick free kick, and off goes Sonny, and now it's 2-1 to one Spurs out of nowhere. Now, keep in mind, they were down one nothing in the first minute of the game to a penalty kick. So the absolute lunacy that we were to score six goals on United. Now, granted, the last few were just kind of just, you know, United banging their head against the wall down, down a man. Fine. But that game was complete and utter domination. And I can't, the fucked up thing is I can't even say it was the most complete effort of the weekend because the next game was absolutely bananas. I, I've got one more. I got another point on, on, the, on the United thing again. This is unique to soccer, I think. Maybe there's other sports that are like this, but they happen less often. The manner of the defeat. United crumbled. They were all over the place. You could watch the game. If you were paying attention, Aurier was on his own. So there was bad coaching, bad body language, guys yelling at each other, guys not caring, guys making stupid mistakes. And I mean bad the, the, the Shaw challenge on, on, on Mora when he's running through, just like cynical, like, let me break this guy's leg because I'm done with this game. Or Pogba for the last penalty, just rolling into a guy because he was too lazy to be like, hey, maybe if I stand up, I'll be just as good. But just the manner of the defeat, it's unbelievable that Manchester United, and I cannot stress this enough, this is the biggest soccer team in the world by like not even close like worth five or six or ten fifty like if they were to sell it tomorrow it's a six billion dollar club has a manager who is essentially like if you fucking hired scott brocious to manage the yankees after he managed double a independent baseball 
Like, that's the level of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's his legendary fame. He's Scott Brocious managing the Yankees. He's, he's what the Yankees have right now. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I was Why does say, he get a pass? Scott he's not Scott Brocious. He's Aaron Boone. And we he's Aaron Boone. Exactly. He literally is Aaron Boone, right? Yeah. He has a famous moment, right? And he has, yeah. and that's what Aaron Boone has, who we have because, you know, we, we wouldn't have got A-Rod if it weren't for that stupid basketball game. God so he's got two. He's got two famous ones. <laughs> right? So this is like, you know, you're just handing over the value. The, it, but it's even worse because there's no GM, right? It's basically, it would be like if Aaron Boone ran the team, but there was no Cashman. He went directly to fucking, uh, which, well, the other Steinbrenner brother's dead. Hank. No, Hank's Hal. dead. Hal. Hal, yeah. Hal, who hates his father and hates the Yankees. It's clear. I know it. He's the Jared Kushner of the Yankees. I fucking... <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> anyway, I don't even have to pay attention to that. But that's the level that we're talking about. So in, in lieu of that madness, we then go into Aston Villa. Seven? Is it seven? Liverpool, seven. two. This is fucking incredible. First of all, no defending champion has ever given up seven goals. Yes, Liverpool had some players out. Allison, their goaltender, was out. Hey. Allison, their goaltender, was out for the first seven games of last season, too, if anyone remembers, because I do, because I was like, oh, Liverpool's going to fuck up. They didn't fuck up. Well, maybe it was three. It felt like seven. It doesn't matter. So Allison was out. Shouldn't make that much of a difference, okay? It's a goalkeeper. But Adrian does fuck up early in the game, opens the scoring. So maybe, maybe Liverpool are on the ropes for this a little bit. But the manner of the defeat is just like, what are they doing? Classic. They got into the fucking uh, El Ducherico problem that teams get into when they lose a little of edge. It's this idea of a high line, which is to compress the field with no pressing. It kills you. You've seen it with Spurs, the Vertonghen, five goals from Aguero or 37 goals. Whenever you see a team get annihilated and you're like, what the fuck just happened? It's almost always because their philosophy requires all the team play together. And when one part of the team doesn't work, the other team gets exposed. So the thing that was more interesting was about it. Like, okay, Aston Villa are at it. They've got great players. Grealish, Ollie Watkins with a hat trick, who I love from Brentford. McGinn, who people forgot was really good for Villa early in the season, was out. They struggled, almost got relegated. He comes back, he saves them because it's McGinn and Grealish together. People forget about McGinn. And then Barkley coming in from Chelsea, who's running box to box. This is the guy that the problem with him is, is he has a game like this, and then he's going to disappear for a month. But he we'll does, see what but, but and it's an important one to have because he's an Evertonian. He grew up hating Liverpool, right? Oh, so he was just loving every second yeah, of it. It's the best. He it's was the a best. guy running in the 85th minute of a game's down. That's <laughs> seven to two. Just like fuck it, let's go get an eighth. And goal. he missed two chances. He could have. Yes. They could have. This game was. It's seven two. It could have seen ten. You yeah. could have seen 10 goals. Right. But now, granted, there were three deflected goals, which is, you know, come on, that's weird. But, you know, Klopp said it himself. Hey, yes, there were three deflected goals, but maybe you were blocking it wrong. Maybe your body was crooked. Maybe you didn't do the commitment. Like, hey, if you're going to block a ball, stay square. But what you saw was like uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of just leaning back, sticking a foot in. That led to one deflection. One was Fabinho. He's sort of sideways in a deflection. These are deflections that are lack of commitment. And I think that's what's scary for a Liverpool fan is like, you got exposed. And I think it shows in the Premier League that you don't fuck around. They will come for you. 
Teams are good and they're hungry and it's so competitive. There's like hundreds of millions of dollars. This is where like the American sport, different thing. There's no fucking around. This is college football, but hey, you'll be there next year. This is college football where if you lose, you're not in college football anymore. It's cage <laughs> matches every week, right? So it's super serious. And I want to give one more shout out to Emiliano Martinez, the Love goalkeeper him. from Arsenal, who's big and strong and deserves a shot. And he kept, he kept this game from being like a 7-5 game. So incredible stuff there. But there's still more games. We can't even just keep talking about these. West Ham, your boys. The craziest thing, yeah, I was worried about West Ham. I don't care much for them at all, right, Spurs supporter. And I said on the pod last week, I you love did. Leicester, but I'm very worried. I think West yeah, Ham is scoring you were on this. Right and the crazy thing is on Saturday when they score and they win 3 nothing. you and I both were like, holy shit, we thought that would be the biggest game of the weekend. <laughs> crazy right. stuff. But and, yeah, and, I mean, and, I, and I watched it. They were physically dominant, right? Antonio, they play the most English game, and they have talent that go along with it. Right and the now. big, scary. Thing, the big thing here is their club legend, Mark Noble, who's a fake hustler. He runs around and makes you think that he's hustling. He's been shit for years, holding back their midfield, and they finally have pushed him out because they have better players. And he's smart enough to know, hey, those guys are better than me, right? So Suchek and Rice are now sitting in the middle of the field, and it makes a world of difference to have two guys running and stopping shit from happening. Again, it's that they stop things from happening that you don't see happen, right? So they dominated the midfield and my guys Bowen was good. And Mikel Antonio is fucking that dude. Like we talk about a drama Troye from wolves as being Jack. He's, he's strong. He's yeah. strong. He <laughs> reminds me who's the, um, the big, big, like massive guy from like Wickham Wanderers. A- Akam Fenwa. Akinfenwa. He reminds yeah. me of a not fat Akinfenwa. <laughs> He's just a brick shithouse coming right at you. There was a game after the stoppage or the restart, I should say. He scored four goals, and it basically saved West Ham from relegation that day. And but I went, he's oh, really, that, he's, I mean, he's good, but come on. And this year, they haven't stopped. It's the same momentum. Really, really, really good. And West Ham's next game, thankfully, after the break, is home i think to spurs and we're gonna have a special guest on to talk about that one who's a oh, West awesome supporter. and then the other um, the yeah, other piece just, that we just, have two weeks before that so they can cool and one other off. piece is like hey uh david Moyes, don't come back <laughs> my guy alan irvine whose name i looked up to make sure i had Ooh, it yeah exactly <laughs> well, i said he, irvine but COVID, i wasn't sure right? is that thing. why he's out he's got covid yeah yeah, yeah well what? <laughs> so i really like west ham i mean i'm i'm a lover of shit teams uh chari knows that our our our, our our silent partner who just is so above the fray with our stupidness. Uh, he's Shout out, sorry. He's our calm Indian friend. Well, is he Indian? I think he's faking it. He's a Jew Indian. <laughs> we'll take him. Uh, there's even he's more just games. Doing I gotta keep going. Boxes. Just going to keep going. Arsenal Sheffield, not really a great game. Arsenal got it done. It was really about Pepe coming on and changing the game, scored a really good goal. And then, uh, 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 Chris, is it Wilds? I can't remember the name of the coach. The coach of Sheffield United, super pissed Wilder, because, yeah. because uh, David Luiz literally t- stopped the break by g- grabbing a guy's shirt when he was the last defender. Hey, Luiz is going to Luiz. So he got away with one of his red carrots that he didn't get but should have got. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, so that means that he's going to have a few days. He's got a few days before his next red card. This he is a man who yeah. five red, five penalties last season awarded against. So – we talked a lot in the run-up last week about Leeds Man City. Obviously, Laurent's a big city guy. 
I'm loving Leeds. We both love Leeds. But we were expecting, we said, take the over, take the over. It's going to be a 4-4 game, something like that. They should have been, been, no, 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 no. no. We were not wrong. Well, here's the thing. We were wrong in the sense that (laughs) if we had bet on the game, we would have lost the bet, yeah? Yes, 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 correct. that was one of the most fun 1-1 games I've seen in a very long time. Just absolutely end-to-end. It was effectively, if you're playing FIFA with somebody and you both suck at finishing, right? Like, that was... (laughs) It's just boom, 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 back and forth all the way. Uh, it was basically watching tennis the entire game, except it just won one at the end. Um, yeah, really, City, really City, City had control. Better the match. Yeah, City, City had control early, and really, you thought you thought they'd win going away. Then uh, De Bruyne hits the post, and somehow that wakes up that wakes up Leeds. They figure out, hey, if they're gonna press us in the midfield, let's just skip the midfield. So they just start punting the ball and putting pressure on defenders and really, really, really attacking Benjamin Mendy, who's got four knee operations and a rubber leg. He's our worst. He's the weakest link. And soccer is, if you learn it a long time, it is a weak link sport. If you think in basketball, they hunt bad players in soccer, they will find your worst player and they will go after him because it's so hard to score that if you just keep at it, the guy will fuck up. (laughs) And Benjamin Mendy did. And I think Pep was into this game, and then he was like, it's 1-1. I, 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 I don't want this to not – I don't want to lose this game. So he really took the brakes off, brought on Fernandinho to, sol- to solidify the midfield, brought on Ake and pulled off Mendy. It was just like, we're done with this. Yeah. And slowly got, slowly got controlled towards the end when everyone was yep. running out of gas. But incredible basketball stuff. Uh, I'm still very much worried about my team, but I'm less worried after all these results. I was distraught. I thought we were done. I thought there was no way, if Liverpool is going to be Liverpool, that City can keep up. But if this season is going to be insane, and the next point is going to illustrate that, if this season is going to have a team out of nowhere with an Italian coach, with a weird midfielder, and somebody new, and someone pulling strings, and a striker out of nowhere, maybe it's Everton right? Everton, top of the league. Wow. Two over Brighton. Just incredible, dominant wins, Incredible too. stuff. Incredible stuff. And they, after the international break, which dear UEFA and the rest of the world, stop with the fucking breaks in the middle of this. Oh, my God. Okay? Just, Although this specifically, we have such a good slate on when we come back that we actually might need two weeks to talk about all of it. <laughs> but so, okay, yeah. So, but Everton, so, holy shit. They're so good. What a performance again. And I'll tell you what, Brighton wasn't bad. They They're never bad. Good. I'm telling you, this is my team. They're always Oh, I know, I know. They were pretty good, right? And <laughs> no, Everton was just done. Thomas yeah, Rodriguez, they, my goodness. They, they have yeah. family, this motherfucker. Like, yeah. wow. He just kept ghosting in on the back he post. He scored two goals on the back post where he ghosted in, one with the left, one with the right. But it's like, all, I mean, it's very simple stuff, right? Like, they already had one good fullback in Dina and they got a better one on the other side. I can't even remember his other fullback's name because I forget things. Not Coleman. Oh, Coleman, right. Coleman has always been there, but Dina is really good. Their back line is a little bit weak. They still need to get a new keeper because, you know, uh, whatever the fuck is Jordan Pickford's a nightmare. Pickford is tricky. He's a weird emotional goalkeeper, which is something you do not want. You do not – you want a total weirdo who doesn't – you almost want a guy with Asperger's 
You want no emotion from your keeper. Well, Pickford is close, I think, on the Asperger's scale. He's a little <laughs> Asperger's-y. No, but he's too emotional. He has feelings. He cares. Oh, but, I see. Yeah. And he has a big butt, which I love about him. He kind of reminds me of you. That was gay, but that's okay. I, uh, you know, it's the, the people, people want what they want, Laurent. But uh, they do have a little bit of the, the, the signs, right? They're, they've got an Italian coach. It's a little Leicester 2015 going on. It's a little, it's a little funky. You've got James in the, in the Mares role and D- Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the Vardy role. But they play a lot more. But they have moving pieces now. Like you saw Allen go out and they put in Davies as a running sort of a breaker-upper of play kind of guy. Uh, they have Sigurdsson now coming off the bench if they need him. They've got depth. All of a sudden, you grab three guys. Guys that were marginal mid-table players are now off your bench. You have a really good coach. It's just surprising that Ancelotti – like, this is the the one last point. is like, it's just surprising that Ancelotti didn't end up with the Man United job. It's just like, what what are they doing? They fucking taking small sample sizes and weird games and weird results and be like, oh, yeah, we got this. You should have never beat PSG. Anyway, that's another story for another day. And then let's, let's wrap it up. I'll, I'll, I'll go with my stuff. This is going to be a crazy season. There's already been more goals than anyone has ever seen in history. It's got to be because of COVID, players acting weird, no practice. I don't know. It's a lot of things, but Everton is legit, I think. And, uh, Mike, what, what are your taking away from these crazy weekend of sports? Of, Chaos of the Premier League? reigns, and I love it. <laughs> And I'm here for all of it, and I'm very, very excited for more of it. I'm like I said, like you said, we're bummed that we get two weeks off before the next round of it. But my God, is it going to be wild if it's anything like the first month of the season? So, I mean, we come out of it. We've got Everton, Liverpool, Spurs, West Ham, and Man City, Arsenal. Just absolute three wild games oh, starting God. at 7:30 a.m. I'm not. I'm not, from, I'm not from Saturday. I'm so not re- I'm not ready for Arteta again. He's so fucking clever. I mean, it's going to be – there's going to be three really, really, really heavy games. You've got a couple of other ones that are pretty good too. I mean – They literally – we need to – City, City needs to like get – they need to man mark Aubameyang and be like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> no. And no, so – the yeah, there's nothing from we, you, Obama Young. Nothing. We just had literally two <laughs> hours ago as we record this, the end of the shutting of the transfer window. So on we'll cover Thursday, it on Thursday. Instead of a preview for the week. We'll talk about players. We're going to talk all about the transfer window. So come back for that. Uh, If you can hear my dog, Charlie, in the background, he's losing his fucking marbles because the Yankees are about to start, and he's pissed at me. He's a big Yankee fan. So there he is. So be there in a second, buddy. We got to (laughs) go. Let's go, Yankees. Let's fucking – we'll see you on Thursday. Fantastic. Thank you. That was the squeaky bum time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. This was a crap football, crap pundit production. We will return on Mondays and Thursdays for the Premier League season. We will talk about soccer and other things that interest us. Mike is crazy. Laurent is insane. That's why it works.